you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm still sick. No. Uh, It's been like over a week. Last week I canceled because I couldn't even talk and it's still going. And um, just to be clear, everybody, no, it's not the COVID. Uh, I, uh, uh, I never had a fever. Um, and it has just been, ugh. um, yeah, nasty. Hello, chat people. Are we? I... In? Are we good? Yeah, I'm. So, I'm glad it's not the COVID with the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> I can get down with the sickness. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to make that lower. There it is. It's lower. I did it. Yeah, good. I have uh, less hair. That is a thing that has happened since our last episode. Your less hair. It's so awesome. Thank you. It has so many shapes throughout the day that it can become, which is kind of great. I I don't know if you can appreciate what a humidity is like when seasons change. Because you no, live I don't. in SoCal, yeah? No, and I also don't think I notice because I don't think it affects my hair in the same way that it probably affects yours. <laughs> True. So, yeah. you know, the like ringlets, they're delightful. And as I was not getting haircuts very often, um, several things going on. There's like nervous system hair thinning-ishness, and, uh, but not going to... So at some point I had really great hair that would be generally sort of in my eyes once it had dried. Uh, so, so the first bit is like, I can only style wet. So I would have hair curtains to here for like a lot of my day for like four hours. And then, and then I would I've seen you in that phase a few times <laughs> where it's just doing this. Yeah. And it's really, I'm really great to be here. And it's so, <laughs> I feel like a parakeet. I'm just like in like, nap mode i'm in my little cave for the morning time and it's great unless i have to talk to humans um but then the season changed september october switch in and then every one of those like groupings of ringlets like we we love to like hug each other and be ringlets would just be like i'm not sure i'm into this and then like there'd be like sprays of pokey bits that felt like tiny bugs poking me and then every now and then there would be a rogue straight hair apparently just like i'm straight and it would like shoot out into my eyeball. And I had so like more than any time in my life, I had so many days where I'm like, fuck it. And I put in a hair, like, like, like a, what do they call them? Headband. I don't yeah. even know what they're called because I don't usually have to use them. Like I had like five or six headband days, a couple hat days. And I was just like, so this haircut, I named this haircut. Get the fuck. Stop touching me. Get the stop, fuck. Stop me. touching me. Get away from this. Stop. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that with this this cut right now. <laughs> that is that is what I went. What is your inspiration for? What do you want to do today with your hair? I'm just looking at it. Get it the fuck off me. Get it off. Yeah. Is with please. <laughs> That's what I did. That is this. I love it's it. Not, it's not a. It's not one of those short nicknames though. Mm. Yeah, I would love to see that in uh, in one of those catalogs of hair styles where you're flo- you're just flipping through and there's one that says stop touching me <laughs> yeah, that's what this I want is that. this is the stop touching me haircut <laughs> yep yeah that's that's where i'm uh, at i'm not sure that uh anyone else is picking up uh on this but it sounds like when you're getting louder yeah it's cutting out completely oh and i don't know if it's are you on the correct microphone? Are you sure that's Oh my god. Oh my god, what if I'm not? Yeah, I, I like... might be. I just probably was just too close to my mic and clipping. Yeah, it was weird because it was when you were leaning back, but whatever. Let's not interrupt the show anymore. Oh, I might have a weird uh filter. I that's what it sounded like. It's like Zoom might be trying to cut something out. But you don't have to fix that right now. Uh, I think if we're talking quieter, Hey, uh, can I show something off to you? Oh, yes. Look at what I have. This is a new mic stand. (gasps) That is hooked up to my, uh, 
to my desk. It's so and pretty. it stretches. <laughs> and I can put it right here and I can move it like just like down here and then I can lean forward and it also reaches up over my desk so that when I want to do standing it's right over there and it's all the same thing I have had such a MacGyvered setup because I bought the shittiest mic st- boom mic stand that you can buy on yeah. Amazon and it was so flimsy that my microphone would tip it over in any direction other than directly over one of the legs and <laughs> even then it was still wobbly as crap so yeah. I actually brought another mic stand out and just duct taped them <laughs> together so that it was heavy enough on the base and that's what I've been using for like a while <laughs> And this is so much nicer. And yeah. I also, just to brag slightly more, mm-hmm. uh, um, not uh, you you get to show off your setup next week, your upgraded <laughs> thing. Yeah. But um, I finally got my my uh, USB hub. Yeah. So that now my power is plugged into the USB hub, and that means every single thing that I need to plug in plugs in in one single USB-C port on my computer. So I, I sit it. down and it's power, display, microphone, camera, uh, um, Ethernet. Everything goes through one thing. And it's so pleasing to my little OCD brain. Did you, did you cable wrap yet? Not yet. Like- no, oh. but I did. I have the 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 um, USB hub velcroed to the bottom of my desk yeah. so that it's yeah. all right there. But then the next thing is going to be getting all the the cable ties and stuff. The cable mm-hmm. management on this thing is nice. I did. Yeah, I've got little ties here so that it goes up there. That's I love it. <laughs> oh my god, that's so great. This is absolutely quality television. I know. Do you have and the? We hub- haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> sometimes we don't ever start the show <laughs> i know <laughs> so do you have the hub where you can like push the button next to it to turn the power off and on uh, no no oh. yeah yeah i got so you mean the power on the hub like the, yeah there's the a button on the hub yeah i have one of those hubs gaff tapes to the legs of my because my uh my desk moves it's on yeah. hydraulics so yeah. i've got one of the like gaff taped hubs and each i think there are 12 ports 10 or 12 ports and they each have like buttons if i just don't want to like waste the power awesome it's kind of fun yeah that would be cool oh my gosh geekery i love it um guys you want to you want to start the show brace ourselves start the show welcome (laughs) friends or just the just you, friend. Welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. I'm Adrienne Gunn. I'm, and I'm here with my Rave. friend. <laughs> oh, I just cut you off. I am Nicholas Rave. He is indeed. We are here today to chat with you about our love of TV and movies and, and help you de- TV and movie them deeplier than you've ever deeplied before. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the Enlightened Couch Potato Show, and here in this show, we talk about how to watch movies and TV for maximum psychological and spiritual development. Yes, and the the, the brilliance is that we, we're landing on the philosophy that everything is spiritual. Mm. I think that's going around, much like the COVID, people realizing that everything is and can be spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so we're allowing our television and movie viewing. Spell that. When you spell that back. What does that show up like on, on captioning? Can't wait to see that later. Yeah, allowing that to be spiritual. I've watched so much stuff since we last did our this. Me too. Yeah. So the way this show typically goes is that we uh, we talk about the ways to watch movies and TV for maximum psychological and spiritual development by sharing our own experiences of watching things. So a lot of it just ends up talking about the things that we've been watching that we really love. And in the meantime, we deviate into little tips and tricks. So, yeah. oh, Dude, I've watched so much stuff lately. Good stuff. I, I don't just mean like I'm always kind of watching stuff yeah. unless I'm really busy. But I mean like I got a lot of things to talk about. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I took notes. 
I have things that I've watched that I don't need to talk about. And then my unconscious mind was uh, tapping me on the shoulder because it can do that. It's awesome. It was uh, letting me remember that there was something I was watching where I was crying. And that kind I mean, that's useful. I think I was mad at it because I was crying because it wasn't supposed to be that touching. That would not narrow it down for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in my world, didn't we... Didn't we land on? Oh, there was one of the things that you watched that we've both watched that we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I was ugly crying in that one. So we, okay. you, want, you want to save it or or open? Yeah. It? So here's I'm going to go. I'm just going to super rapid this list. I've watched a bunch of like government focused things. So I watched Trial of the Chicago Seven. I watched Seberg, Snowden, cool. and the Glorias. Snowden is the one with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yes. I'm going to make sure that my cat knows that I love her by putting her in a different room. Oh, yeah. I heard her being like, I really like uh, Snowden. That was a good movie. Hi, fat calico. You're so adorable. Tortoise. You you really want to put your two cents in here, don't you? What's your favorite movie? Ratatouille? (laughs) all dogs go to hell <laughs> actually her favorite movie of the lots that i watched was napoli ever after she fell in love with this chihuahua in that and climbed up onto the television stand which has now happened only had her almost two years like three times ever has she been like what is happening i have to get in there i have to get in there so that was one uh but snowden pretty good straight ahead movie meh yeah um Seberg, pretty good for a, um, what's her face? The Twilight Lady. Kristen Stewart? Yes. For the lack of, you know, she didn't even have a lot of range. She did okay in there. There were moments that were like, oh my gosh, she's emotioning. Someday I would love to be shocked at how good something that she did is. Because she feels a little bit like Keanu Reeves to me. Yeah. In that she's that like blank slate thing we've talked about. Sure. But. We've. I have made the argument that Keanu Reeves is actually a great actor. It's just that he chooses to play the same character in every movie, or and they cast him to play that character too. Yeah. Um. I wonder if Kristen Stewart has more range than she shows. She was amazing in Panic Room when she was a tiny person, where we thought she was going to be the next Jodie Foster. Yeah. Who knows but what, it, what it could be a choice is what I'm saying. It could mm-hmm. be that this this deadpan um, I'm a block of wood is uh, is a specific thing that they're looking for. And you know what? I'll say if, if you understand why you want a Keanu Reeves and a blank slate character in an action movie, which is about um, fantasy fulfillment. Right. It makes total sense that you would cast someone like that in Twilight. Right. It's like the people ugly guy in porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> criticized her in Twilight all the time. But the idea was that she's supposed to be a blank slate. So you can envision yourself in that position or all the fans yeah. of the show and book could envision themselves. Yeah, I never I still haven't exposed myself to the what? Twilight. No team. Yeah. Team. Damn it. I couldn't even team any the of joke. The- Team Fuck, Jordan, Team Brand- Taylor Brandon, Brandon, Taylor said the- What are those stupid millennial names? Uh, team. It's Edward and Jacob. <laughs> that was it. Okay. Team Edward, Team Jacob. Werewolves or vampires? Oops. The other Kristen Stewart thing I watched was The Runaways, which is about the the rock and roll, the all girl rock and roll group with Joan Jett. And was she good in that? She was actually all right. She was like watchable. She's believable as Joan Jett. What's really dumb about that movie is that, you know, that Lita Ford was in the runaways, but she's not apparently quite in the mo- like they're okay. One of the best rock and roll they badasses out of the story. No, she's in the story kind of, but is there such a vacuum of just, huh. they're just only Sherry, the lead singer and, and Joan, do they like, she's in a fight scene in the recording studio at some point. I was like, yeah, cause fucking Lita Ford. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a big loss for a ridiculously cool group for a minute. Huh. Um, 
I watched He's, a Kristen Stewart movie recently. You or, did? More on that one? Well, I was just going to gloss over. I mean, it's Runaways. Not that great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, oh, the one that I watched wasn't that great either, so we'll move on pretty quickly. <laughs> but it was called, um, it was like Underwater, I think, or something like that. Um, and it was, uh, how do I put this? Um <laughs> It was the abyss, but not as good. And with Kristen Stewart in it and spoilers in the end, it's straight up Cthulhu. Oh, I have not seen that, but yeah, no, the trailer does not give that away. The trailer is like, it implies that she's in an underwater facility and um, it's got some good atmosphere and there's some definitely cool like effect scenes yeah. where like water is like rushing into the rooms as things are exploding and she's running and it's, it's um, pretty amazing. Like the depths of, are, of pressure crushing things. And, um, and then it starts out and you're just like, something happened. Was it an earthquake? We don't know. And then as the movie progresses, you start getting the sense that maybe there's something out there. And then as it progresses further, it's straight up Cthulhu. Like no if, ands, or buts. It is Cthulhu with the tentacles and the wings and everything. And um, uh, yeah, it, it, that was where it lost me because it it was not... <laughs> Uh, do, do you know much about do you know what cosmic horror is as a genre specifically no. so hp lovecraft is um often considered one of the most influential if not the originators of cosmic horror and it is it is the it's horror that plays with how small we are in the universe okay that's so um alien is a great example the original alien is a great example of cosmic horror because they end up on this planet and this one, I shouldn't worry about spoiling people <laughs> had enough time. They end up on this planet and they go in this massive ship and it's ancient. And then there are these aliens and you, and they never explain any of it. And the idea is that it makes you feel small. It makes it, it emphasizes your, um, insignificance in the universe. And one of the things that Lovecraft played with all the time was the idea that there are beings that are so much further advanced than us that we are not even ants to them. Mm. And that they don't even care. They're not even uh, malicious toward us. They don't care about us and that is cosmic horror that right. is it's not that they hate you they don't love you they don't hate you there's they don't give it's a shit and in this movie that's cthulhu cthulhu the way he writes about him is he's so uh unfathomable that looking at him will drive you insane so they describe him vaguely and he's really not supposed to have a shape but now the image of Cthulhu, there's fucking Cthulhu plushie dolls and things like people have it on T-shirts and whatever. And uh -huh. the idea of this is Cthulhu in this movie is Jaws, right? Mm -hmm. Not that Jaws is a bad movie, but it's just a monster. There's none of the cosmic horror. Cosmic horror movies are like Alien, um, Event Horizon is a pretty good example of a cosmic horror movie. Um uh, there's uh, there's a movie that is probably one of the best adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft called In In the Mouth of Madness. Mm -hmm. um, both Sam Neill movies. Now that I think about it, oddly, um, yeah, I love cosmic horror. I love that feeling of like um, even the end of um, one of the Men in Black movies. Do you remember there's a part when uh, the, there's a galaxy in a marble? Yeah. And then the, the, the stinger at the end of the movie is that it zooms out and we are a marble being played with by a bunch of other um, uh, by aliens playing marbles. And like our galaxy is just one of us. That was a moment of like, oh, but it, they were doing it for jokes. Right. Anyway, I was disappointed with the represent the on-screen representation of Cthulhu because it does not actually understand what Cthulhu is supposed to be for. I love it. That was a very thorough exploration of a movie that wasn't very good. 
<laughs> but I got to explain one of my favorite genres. <laughs> no, 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 it's awesome. Uh, all right, all right. Chicago Seven is actually a quite a really beautiful movie, and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen or whatever is mm-hmm. amazing in it. So I love mm-hmm. that. The Glorias. So I start watching it. It's a it's about Gloria Steinem, and we've talked briefly without a lot of expertise around this idea that there's a new form of feminine storytelling that does a different thing with the timeline. Yeah, uh-huh. so this is a movie that is following a more feminine circular timeline thing. Mm. And that's, it starts weird enough and out of time enough to be, to be like, oh, yeah, this is an interesting movie. And this is also the same director who did Frida. And what's oh. interesting to me about this movie. Isn't that Julie Taymor? Yeah. Yeah. So this yeah. is a Julie Taymor movie. So I got the feeling like when it gets really weird, it's suddenly like it's very jarring and then it stays weird uh in an but it's like you could have weirded earlier to have me not have this like 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 it gets very colorful and interesting and fun but it doesn't really drop me in the world of that soon enough for Mm. like it's just it's not a straightforward storytelling, which is fine and wonderful. And yeah. I'm just warning you that it, it's going to get weirder than you might think. Kind of like I was not prepared for that Elton John movie to be as uh, big and loud and strange. I don't remember what it's called at this point. Mm. But, you know, I, I magical realism elements, I suppose, mm. are entered in. Or like the dream world superimposes itself over top. Uh, larger than life experiences that are so emotionally interesting that just you have to take them beyond the dimensions that this world allows yeah. for. And I just don't think I was dropped in, in, in the tools that were being used. I don't think I was put there fast enough. So I'm warning you so that you can yeah. watch it knowing it's going to get a little weird. Tamar is a theater director. And she's kind of an, I think she's known for being a bit edge pushing and experimental. And that kind of like, if you don't get it, it's because you're dumb, not because I didn't make the movie correctly. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not even saying she didn't like, she's considered a genius by many people. And um, some of the things she's done, I've really, really liked. I actually didn't find Frida to be that like weird that felt pretty grounded but that might have been just because that's that story demanded that but i remember um there's a there's a shakespeare adaptation Mm -hmm. i want to say it's like king lear but i don't think it is it's got um it's got anthony hopkins in it and it's gorgeous like yeah like the visuals stunning titus right and it's like the 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 um the poster the is like all blue and mm-hmm. he's like covered in like blue mud or so. it's so striking. Um, yeah, I could imagine. So you have, we have a short list right now of movies that you feel like are following that sort of more feminine thing. And you said little, little women, women, the new one. Yeah. And you felt like that was successful in doing this. Whew. It, it was, um, I'm still, I'm still in a position of being highly aware that it's happening and it requiring effort, like dropping mm-hmm. into a trance state in these, these instances is, is different. Cause it, it's, it's not a, it's not a linear storytelling or it's not the way that other movies flash back and forth through time or shows or different things. There's, there's a standard way that that's been done so far. Mm-hmm. And so this is pushing the edge of where storytelling has been which is probably good. It's it's yeah. open loop, it's metaphor, it's a lot of things. So what sh- this like this movie is doing very creative, interesting things with there are four characters, four actors who play Gloria and they interact with each other. There is a through line that carries the in same and out of time person. Four mm-hmm. different actors and they interact with each other at times yep who that reminds me of the terry gilliam movie that um 
uh, Heath Ledger died while it was making it. So then yeah. he was like, let's bring in three other people to all play the same character to finish out the role. Yeah. And then it was just like, what <laughs> is happening? Well, the good news is that they're all different ages of Gloria. Okay. So it makes okay. sense. Okay. But like, but like the way that they're tracking it, it's, it's a very interesting way of telling a story. Uh, and yeah, it sounds creative and cool. And for the sake of how we talk about utilizing your own internal archetypes and your many selves that you've been over time and how they live in you constantly, the, the, that idea that there are, there's your tiny person and then there's your rebel, rebel aged kid. And then there's your, like all And even embodied. your future self, you could go out and talk to your future self. Yes. That is in this movie, mm. which is pretty interesting. Um, it really makes me want you to watch <laughs> The Fountain, which is one I know we've talked about, mm-hmm. and um, Cloud Atlas, because yes. I think both of those movies are doing some very strange things in the storytelling, but I feel like they both nail it. I feel like for me personally, they both absolutely capture like what's happening here and and your brain puts it together and it's like it's like a magic trick where every mm-hmm. little thing is there and then all of a sudden the thing that you were you didn't even know that you were questioning is answered before it becomes annoying that you didn't know you had the answer to it and do you know what i mean yeah i think yeah. i've seen cloud atlas but i'll rewatch it okay. um because yeah i think that might be liz's favorite movie she's probably watched it six seven times at least I, I know I've watched it four or five times at least. Um, it, it's amazing. I do think it's one of the more spiritual movies ever made. And like, if you really think about the story and you really let it, um, cause it doesn't hold your hand. Like there are time, like there's a lot of st- story that happens off camera that you have to figure out for yourself but the story makes sense it fleshes itself out extremely well and there are some ideas in there that are so beautiful and spiritual and poetic and um just the idea of one person what would it what kind of person would it have to be for one person to truly change the world in a Mm. jesus kind of way or a buddha kind of way and um it's good Nice. I'm looking at my list here. Uh, Utopia, Titans. I'm kind of watching that. They're passable. They're all right. I'm not that into it. Meet Monica Velour is a weird, hilarious movie with Kim Cattrall playing a former porn star that this super nerdy guy finds and befriends. It's weird. But I am one of the people. Oh, Easy A is on my list. And that's an amazing, hilarious movie that's old. Uh what is Emily's, that one? What is it? Whatever Stone? Is it Emily Stone? It's Alicia? Somebody's, no. Uh, Amanda Bynes is in it. And huh. God, I think I've heard of it, smart. but I, I wouldn't have like known. Stanley Tucci's in it. It's fucking great. It's a high school movie. Uh, this young young woman uh, lies to her friend about fooling around with some dude. Oh, it's Emma Stone. Emma Stone. E Stone. I was there. And it builds up to something ridiculous. I have not seen this, but I think Liz did. And I think she said it was good. She yeah. But I am in the family of the humans that watch Queen's Gambit and absolutely loved it. And that I, I absolutely, it's colorful, vibrant, telling about, so young woman is like a young orphan child finds chess and it's magical and she's just drawn to it and she's amazingly fucking good at it so it goes down the pathway of a true story right it's modeled after humans that existed oh okay so i want it to be a true story it just doesn't happen to actually be a true story Mm. and it's set in the 60s and it makes chess exciting without turning it into a musical Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard <laughs> that they brought in a lot of really advanced um, chess consultants to actually make it so that it's not annoying for chess players because literally every other movie that's ever been made if you know chess especially at a high level yeah like some of them are just like that the board is set up wrong and yeah. like that stuff is so infuriating yeah 
Um, Every move is real. Yeah. In chess and all of the ways that they move, they studied people who are grandmasters yeah. to like, they are actually moving the pieces the way that, they, yeah, it's fucking exhilarating. And chess is exciting to me, but that's because I play it. So um, I'm waiting on this movie because Liz, uh, I, I have told this story before. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast that um, uh, our first, no, like, second or third date we um we she said uh you know i used to teach chess to kids in an after school program i was in the chess club in high school and i was like i'll play chess with you and we sat down and she beat me three times in a row uh-huh. and that's when i knew i was in love <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and um she yeah chess holds a very special place in her heart. And I think this movie is going to kill her. <laughs> so yeah. I'm yeah. kind of waiting on it until we have like some time to li- really devote to it. I'm actually really thrilled about how edgy, but also how safe this movie is hmm. in. I don't know if this is going to ruin anything for anybody, but in the world where I know that we're all responsible for when we create art, we can create art that envisions a different, a different world. Hmm. And this is the least rapey movie with a female protagonist that I've seen in a really fucking long time. Good. It's like refreshing. <laughs> I'm just like, there's a part of me like, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it going to be dangerous and rapey soon? Is it going to be gross? I'm just, I'm gonna, there's a part of me that's always sort of holding out for that. I'm like, oh my God, what? Yeah. Like a human can just exist and be respected even though there is like uh, discrimination yeah. and shit. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Oh holy fuck thank you thank you i'll I'll keep this very brief um i was listening to joe rogan's podcast um and he was talking about having recently watched poltergeist and Mm -hmm. he was like man like it's a good movie and it holds up i mean it's it's fun and he's like but i noticed like man we live in different times because he's like there was a a scene in the movie Uh where the daughter the older daughter who's 16 yeah. is walking by a group of construction workers who are working on her parents' house. She's walking with her mother and they start going, hey, baby, blah, and they're like, like over the top. And she does this and her mother laughs like, oh, boys will be boys. Yeah. And he's just like, and then like, not to go super dark, that actress um that movie has a lot of like curse stuff that people talk about that actress like a couple of years later um her boyfriend murdered her like choked her in her front driveway and then went to prison for three and a half years oh and rogan was just like man you know women are right he's (laughs) like Fuck, it has been hor- it's still really hard. But goddamn, for the vast majority of human history, it has sucked to be a woman. And yeah. it's just I find those moments with Joe very validating because there's a lot of young men in particular that watch that and listen to that and put him on a pedestal. Yeah. And when he's like, "Yeah, guys, fucking seriously get in their model of the world for just a minute imagine what it would be like okay it's it's helpful anyway that that was that was a positive end on a uh, story (laughs) yeah awful yeah what have you been watching uh well most mostly lately uh we've been slowly working our way through a new animated series not new um new to Faye and i um she's never watched it it's called Venture, the Venture Brothers or the Venture Bros. Um, it's uh, it's our mutual friend Morgan Lane Bennett's all time favorite show, and um, it is so consistently good. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's very few shows I would put like Bob's Burgers for me in that category where like 
The Simpsons, no, no. The, uh, the Simpsons is good sometimes, and there's some seasons where it's almost every episode. But mm-hmm. like, you can put almost any episode of Bob's Burgers on, and I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Venture Brothers is much darker, much more adult. Um, but man, the every episode goes places that surprise me. Like there are things that I'm just like, I did not see that joke coming. I didn't think they were going to take it in that direction. And it's so funny and it's so clever. And they just, it's like a really fun world to be in. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all superheroes and supervillains. And um, you get like arch nemesis that are assigned to you from the guild of calamitous intent. And um, there's witchcraft and super scientists and cloning and, um, uh, it, it's so much fun and um, silly. Right. Uh, so that's what that's what we've been going through. Um, not too much from a enlightened couch potato perspective, other than just laughter is healing. <laughs> and yeah. it, that move that show makes me laugh. Yeah. But as far as movies, um, uh, we watched the fountain. We watched a lot of horror movies. Um, we watched. Is there a bug crawling on my lens? I see a little tiny bug, but I think I don't think it showed up on the camera. Okay, that was really funny. It was like right across the lens, and I wanted it to be big on the camera. Sad. It was not. No. Okay. So, uh, what did we watch? Um, We watched uh, "In the Mouth of Madness," which I mentioned is one of my favorite um, cosmic horror Lovecraftian homages. Uh, Really good. We watched. Um, another kind of silly one that I like about a cult leader called, um, Lord of Illusions, um, Mm. with Scott Bakula, who I have such a crush on. (laughs) And he's like peak Scott Bakula. He's so sexy. Oh Mm. God. Um, Quantum Leap was a very formative show for me and my family. We all watched it together. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's something about the more the like overt morality play that uh, that is. I, I want. I think we've talked about this. I want somebody to reboot that. Like, yeah. make Quantum Leap the next leap or the next generation, and it's about his daughter going and trying to find him. It's it writes itself, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially given the like progressive attitudes that are happening now like that show was about racism and sexism and uh, all of these things going back and fixing these things ah so satisfying Make well that show, legends of tomorrow is a little bit a little bit drops it's got a little bit of that, that. you're right yeah <laughs> but like scott bacula is the right age now where you could have him like show up as like cameo or mentor appearances ah or anyway. like she has to cross over paths he'd already done and he's in the scene and it's really weird. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. That's so good. <laughs> oh, God, I want it more now. <laughs> if they did like special effects stuff, so it's like the old episodes and she showed. Oh, oh, oh. that's incredible. You're a genius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what else did we watch? Um, we watched one of my favorite horror movies that I've only seen once, but I watched it a second time and I was like, this is way better than I remember it. And I remembered it being good. It's a movie called Gerald's game. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. It's based on a Stephen King story, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel super Stephen Kingy to me. Um, holy crap. It's good. I can't. How do I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even talk about it without spoiling it. So like the premise, it's so much better if you don't know anything, but I will warn you if you're, if you're going to watch it or if anybody's going to watch it, listening to this, it's not an easy movie to watch. It is, it is a harrowing experience, but I will <laughs> give you this one little thing. It is an empowering movie. Like at its core, it is about, climbing a very personal Mount Everest and making it through it. Right. And it, it is like, I find that the ending is like, like I breathe deeper and I stand taller because of this journey that you went on, but it is not a comfortable journey. (laughs) Um, And I can't, I can't talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah. Um, I have a curiosity. Have you watched either the Hill House or the Bly Manor yet? 
not Bly Manor. I watched Hill House and I loved it. I think we talked about it. Did we? we did we get record, it? But I, we might not have been recording. Yeah. But I, I liked Hill House a lot. I thought it was really good. I don't ghost stories in general are not super engaging for me because I just I don't buy the premise. <laughs> um, but this one, I, what I like mm-hmm. are uh, in horror is my favorite horror movies almost always have this. Is it supernatural or are they going crazy? And they play with that question mark because that opens the door in my mind to go, oh, okay, well, maybe it's it's real in the sense that they're just losing their mind and I don't have to actually believe it's a ghost. And um, that's why all my favorite horror movies play with that edge. And then sometimes they'll like go all the way into the into the supernatural at some point. I really Um, liked what the magicians did with ghosts mm -hmm. where they talk about ghosts in their universe as these energetic trauma loops that just replay themselves. So mm, something it's not awful like the happened person. Yeah. That there's there's this frozen yeah element and so certain ghosts are sort of trapped in replaying this traumatic event that happened. So the event remains there whether their spirit is actually gone or whatever like Yeah. Um, it's interesting because they, they like like, they're like, unfortunately, the thing that happened was so traumatic and jarring to them that they are stuck in this like this loop thing and that they can help help that energetic thing. It's almost like, uh, I don't know, it's pulled out of time and it remains energetically yeah. there, which actually what I like sense. what I like about that theory is that it allows for a completely unconscious um, explanation for it in the sense of like um, it, that is true that that happens in our collective unconscious. Right. So let's say you go to a place like um, Auschwitz, right? You can feel the ghosts because it happened and the trauma there is stored in our collective unconscious. Right. Like scars now, the in the energetic be, field of the new. Yeah. Right. Now the question would be if somebody didn't know that that had happened, could they walk on and feel it? And my argument would be probably not, but I don't know. Maybe there are some mechanisms through which things like that get, um, get, imprinted in the space itself i i don't know i I just i think that the resonance of even the neighborhoods around of humans energetic field that they've proven and can measure would still reflect some area of town having an energy yeah it's uh, difficult to measure those things obviously (laughs) so we may not even know we may never be able to know and 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 then again when it gets into the subjective hypnotic realm if it's real to you, who cares? <laughs> Fair. What was the thing we both watched? Do you remember? I didn't write it down for some reason. Uh, so the big one, and we only have like 10 more minutes, is um, I watched Peaceful Warrior. which <gasps> is the film adaptation of uh, one of the most formative books in my childhood called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which still to this day is the foundation for a lot of my spiritual beliefs around <laughs> the world and practices. Um, I found that movie this time to be unequivocally a religious experience yeah. watching it. It was, uh, it, it was so much better because I have grown so mm-hmm. much. I watched that movie because a good friend of mine growing up, I think he introduced me to the book possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe we just found that we had both read it. Um, he heard that the movie was having a special premiere, um, like an early premiere before, uh, or maybe that, I don't think that movie was released theatrically. So it was like in an indie film, uh, I- indie theater in Seattle. We drove up there and I want to say that there were some of the the cast and crew and maybe the director or somebody like that who was yeah. there. And we got to watch it and we were so nervous going in because we were like, 
um, we love the book so mm-hmm. much. It meant so much to us um, that we wanted the movie to be good. I think that whether it was younger Nicholas's just cynicism in general, or it was my cynicism combined with a <laughs> fear of being so vulnerable to express how much I unequivocally loved that movie that I actually kept it at arm's length a little bit. That makes sense. That I was like, well, it was good, but I don't know if it was perfect or whatever. Whereas something like Lord of the Rings, I could watch and just embrace with open arms. This movie is perfect and it's wonderful and I love it and I can't see its flaws. And, um, this time watching through Peaceful Warrior, I was still able to see the things that I, I wish would be different. Like, <laughs> I can't shut the part of my brain off. It doesn't ruin the movie for me, but I cannot shut the part of my brain off that notices that the main actor is obviously not doing most of the gymnastics stunts. Right. Um, and it made <laughs> me think that I was like, man, I would love to see someone in that role like Jake Gyllenhaal um, because that actor did great. Honestly, he did really, mm-hmm. really well. That's a hard performance to do. He did really well. And it was like great and not like, holy shit, like Academy Award, the best thing I've ever seen. So I'd love to see an actor who could just do slightly more with it. But the other thing is someone like Jake Gyllenhaal, he probably learned to do all the gymnastics for real. Yeah. <laughs> well, they I, they did not have a Gyllenhaal budget for that movie. No, no, no. Probably no, no, no. like, Absolutely. who could we find who would be this ask <laughs> someone yeah. in this range that's affordable? Yeah. yeah. Also, they may not have had the time mm. for that actor may have wanted to do their own stuff but they may not have been right they had three months to make this movie and that's it yeah insurance costs yeah a big deal to actually have actors do it Mm -hmm. um you know i that was i watched it early netflix streaming so netflix streaming hadn't been around that long when i watched it i had completely forgotten that high school adrienne had found that book in the library i don't even i didn't go to the library much so i'm in the middle of the movie and i was like really i've read oh, this oh i know this story yeah <laughs> i was like oh holy what i know this and i swear i'd even i sort of felt as like not only had I, have I read this book but didn't i did i just read this book so much that that i made the movie in my head or did i see an 80s movie that told this story. And I think it's the case that I just made the movie so well in my head, but as I was reading it, but there, <laughs> we found some clips of a likely ridiculous eighties movie that is gymnastics. That is probably what I thought you I'd superimposed the, yeah, the visuals from this movie like over the book. Eighties yeah. gymnast movie love story where the gymnast has like some cabin in the woods and then there's some girl and they fall in love and some shit happens. Yeah. But uh, man, I ha- these were some of my first out of body experiences, and I think this was around the same time that I trying to decide if this was when I was first learning NLP or if this was around the same sort of heightened spiritual experience of rewatching Xena and Gal. Uh, do, 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 do. What was the thing? Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Close enough in time that I'm just like, man, transformative television and movies can happen. I just remember feeling light and tingly all over, like floating above the couch, uh, like held by, I don't know what, behind my neck. Something of like, oh, yeah. This movie, pay attention. Like, out of body, otherworldly, magic. For me, this time it was like uh, I can't explain it in any other way other than to say it was religious, like like going to Mecca or um, or seeing the the Buddha statue in the inside of the seven veiled courtyards. Like it's um, it was like staring at truth. It was um, it was like ugly cry like i wanted i didn't because other people were watching the movie with me but Uh the urge was i wanted to wail yeah 
like there was this feeling that would come up and I would breathe through it. But uh, it was, if I was making noise, it would be like, like wailing, crying. And it was, it was beautiful. It was like tears of joy and happiness. It was not sadness. It was, this is, this speaks to me. There's so much depth and there's so many, it's just art that moves you like that, where it's like, I believe in these principles and you are doing so good at taking these principles and putting them into this story. And it's like gratitude almost Mm. like this feeling of like, thank you for making this art because that, that movie has so many moments that are just so advanced from a philosophical perspective. And and to finish up the story I was saying at the beginning, I think that I was like too cool for it. And this time I was able to completely see past that. And I was able to just go, I love this movie. This, this is like with imperfections and all, I love this movie. This is, this is so good. And it so speaks to me. And it is, that that movie is like the summation of a huge percentage of my religious spiritual beliefs in the world. I aligned with that as well. I think Millman, the athlete warrior spirit. Yes. Um, what is that? Athlete warrior mystic. Yeah. Is probably the closest to the cellular DNA that I resonate with that. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I have others of his books that are just sitting around not being Can we read. talk about his books for a minute? <laughs> what I, haven't, the other I mean, I haven't read them. Read? Oh, you <laughs> haven't. haven't? Okay. They're, like, there's the, there's, um, there's a further thing of the Peaceful Warrior. It's like, yeah. and so there's, and, pre- there's Peaceful Way the Peaceful Warrior. Then there's, um, the, the Journeys of the Peaceful Warrior, I mm-hmm. think, is the sequel to that one. And um, that's the one where he goes to Hawaii and works with a kahuna and learns huna by name. What? Yes. <laughs> mm. So um, <laughs> one of the things that he says and in interviews is that he says Socrates was real. Yeah. He was a real person in that story. However... Not all of the things that happened between him and Socrates happened. He said Socrates in the book is an amalgam of three different mentors that he had. And he turns the narrative into something different, but it makes for better storytelling. And that's one of those things that was so hard for me to understand when I was a kid reading the book. Cause I'm like, no, but did he really jump on the roof? And that's the fucking point. That's why it's so so brilliant is that it makes Dan's journey of going to the point where he's like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, wait, but it matters. Oh, <laughs> um, so then he did another one that was called the journeys of Socrates, which mm. is a prequel. And that was not my favorite. It was okay. And it had some good stuff in it, but it was, it's sort of like, I don't want to know, like, fuck you, George Lucas. I don't want to know. Um, Darth Vader's yeah. backstory. Yeah, I don't want to know Socrates' backstory because it makes him less cool. Yes, it's, it to know to be like I. Who the fuck is this guy? How did he get to be this way? That's more interesting. And it wasn't bad. And as far as a backstory for that character, it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I I would have rather that it was maybe not written. <laughs> So um, he also has some nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that you might really like called Body Mind Mastery, which mm. is his book about four athletes. Nice. It's, four, it's like based on the work that he did where he coached several Olympic medalists. I don't know if he coached any gold medalists, but he coached several people who medaled in, um, uh, in the Olympics. And uh, that book is like his philosophy on it and it's awesome like i've i took a lot about performance like musical and um dramatic performance nice there's a lot of lessons to pull from that yeah yeah i don't know which one i have i have a more recent version of the story of the peaceful warrior it's something Mm. newer isn't it like my dad went through a phase where he was just 
going and buying so the library would sell off their overstock or whatever and he would just buy everything oh, personal development there. and just dump them in my world <laughs> so i that was one of the ones i kept like it was it was like grocery bags and grocery bags full Tell and i did not to have buy me books <laughs> <laughs> like i don't i'm i'm purging minimal i want grocery books full of random personal development crap yeah, well, um, there were a lot of those were in his house, so I don't know. Uh, can I tell you a quick story on, <laughs> yeah. on books for a second, and then we got to wrap this up because yeah. I got to go. Um, when I first started becoming a personal development junkie, um, hi, my name is Nicholas. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I got, I started reading books and was like, oh my god, we need more, and so my buddy, um my brother from another mother, Todd, um, and I, we used to go for like a whole summer or maybe it was a couple of years. We would go to every garage sale that we heard about or that we saw. We'd pull over and we'd try to aim for the end of the garage sale because the one thing that never sells at garage sales, books. Yeah. So we would come in and we would often be like, hey, can we just take these boxes of books off of your hands and we'll get rid of them for you? And we would get boxes and boxes of books for free. So then we'd go through the books and typically there wasn't anything in there that we wanted because they'd already been scoured and picked clean. But we had a, a circuit of used bookstores that we would then take the boxes of books to the used bookstores and exchange them for store credit. Yes. And then we'd take, we'd go to our favorite bookstore first and give them pick of the, of the litter, so to speak, cream of the crop. And then we'd take, we'd get books from, for us there and uh, with the store credit. And then we'd take the remaining books to the next place and the remaining books to the next place. And then we'd go drop them off at the Goodwill. And that is how we amassed both of the, the start of both of our libraries of personal development. I still have books on my shelf today that I bought through that process. Yeah. That's what I did with these, you know, these grocery bags full of books. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to read all these and yeah. trade them in for what something I would read. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to take these to, you know, like 40 books and I'm going to come out with three. To tie it full circle, I'm pretty sure that's how I got my copy of The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. So Nice. And. Right yeah, there. I think I'll go read the whichever one I have. Why not? Yeah, fabulous. Um, so, so do we have any like assignments that we want to do for next time so that we're on? Well, the I need to watch the stuff? Fountain Cloud Atlas, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I think might those be... would be a great one to talk about in depth. Yeah, I might, I might be able to do that soon. Okay. Do you have homework? I will see if I can finally finish uh, Cobra Kai uh, <laughs> because there is a new season coming out. We did talk about the boys. That was one we both finished. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I know there's a few more episodes on season two and season three is going to come out at some point. So then we can watch season three together and, and discuss it. Chills. I'm, a, I'm nervous about whether they drop into backstory or end story. There's things that Well, they did leave some like, like indications that he had lived a life before yeah. he met Daniel. Yeah, I'm very excited to see wherever wherever that story goes. Yeah, I hope that they take it to the next level because like it's been good so far. Um, not like mind blowing or amazing, but very good. And like, ooh, this this is this is how you do it. Like yeah. you're not, it, you, sometimes you're going to miss, sometimes you're going to hit, but man, you, they get it. They get yeah. what it means to be respectfully nostalgic. Um, by the yeah. way. Oh, oh, another thing I've been watching. Have you seen the fucking Mandalorian? Oh, I give since some of it. Yeah. I haven't so finished I have, I'm so like done with star Wars and this is so good that I cannot help myself. Like I watch it and I'm like, Oh, Favreau, why, <laughs> why didn't they give you the new trilogy? <laughs> it's so good. It's, he does such a good job. He knows exactly how to do it. Like 
the right level. It's respectful, but it's not over the top. And it's like, it's the best Star Wars since Star Wars. It's the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back. Um, um, and it's so well done. It's just, they're nailing it. I find myself, in spite of myself, going, oh, God damn it, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while because there's... I have to care about a person and it helps mm. to have a face. Well, I mean, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. They, they <laughs> really, they're leaning into that is like, you're, you're trying to learn the character behind the mystery and like slowly, but surely he proves himself through his actions and you can fall in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. Okay. I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> right. Team Bye. Bye. See you next week or whenever we get back on the show. <laughs>